Today's podcast is brought to you by drinkers like you. To help support the show, visit patreon.com slash haveadrinkshow. Hey everyone, today's episode is about... <laughs> What's that smell? Oh god, stop recording and get out of the apartment. There's a fire. Oh, never mind. Chris just opened a bottle of Lagavulin. That's good, because the topic of the episode. So uh, let's talk about it and the history of this amazing distillery, and maybe do a little tasting. Get ready for some smoke as we have a drink. where you learn along with us about what you drink. I'm Brittany Lee Walker. I'm Justin Frazier. And I'm Christopher Walker. Oof. Hey, guys. Hi. <laughs> How's everybody doing? Uh, doing great. Getting ready. <laughs> <laughs> Indeed. Apparently, uh, apparently Chris has lit up a bowl. <laughs> May as well have. <laughs> no, it just smells that way. No, just a campfire in the corner. Don't worry. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. Uh, fun, fun topic today, but, uh, yeah, the whiskey episodes are my most dangerous episodes. <laughs> yeah. When, when we're all out shopping around for, you know, hundred plus <laughs> bottles of whiskey. I am, yeah. I, we, I mean, granted, we shopped I think around and got ours for like $10 a, less than, than Bob. You have a $20 less than me. 20. 20 less. Okay. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Kind of substantial, but um, when you're like, hey, they have this special version here that I still mitigates try that. all the savings. And it's like, stick with stick with the regular. Yes, but I want to try that one. So do I. <laughs> so do I. But uh, not not today. Yeah. Not this day. Uh, yeah. Yeah, like a villain shopping is, uh, this is... This is the most expensive liquor I've ever bought. Hmm. Yeah. I'm pretty sure I can safely say that. Liquor, yes. Beer, no. Okay, well, true. Okay. And that, well, that... Not that, really, because per, per person it we, was only We like, all went in on the Utopias, yeah. but still. And in fairness, that's barely beer. That's mostly liquor by that point. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's definitely a drink unto itself. <laughs> but anyway, uh, other than the topic, what's everyone been up to? Hmm. And liquor <sighs> Moving. Hmm. Forever Moving. I think we're still in that state as well. We, we're in the forever <laughs> unpacking, as you can see. Uh, I'm in the forever packing, so. There's a fine spread of random crap in the floor and on the table, and we've got the book bookcase put together now. I've got all of my books are at my new place, so that that only took up five or six boxes. But see, you're lucky that you can bring them over there as of right now, as opposed to, like, like just having Hauling these boxes, all at once. like yeah, we had to go all at once. Yeah, it, it's. I think that would be a little bit better. 
it's 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 been easier and there's been a lot of purging of uh unnecessary things and uh just like all right well let's chuck this let's chuck that uh now let's throw chuck out because i don't know why he's in here doing stuff to my my things but <laughs> yeah it's it's uh, we we got rid of like three kitchen small kitchen appliances and we're like not worth it <laughs> just oh, that's that's the thing like we don't have to take our microwave with us because there's a new one over there mm. that's like already in the install and that's like i don't have to do anything awesome just <laughs> awesome yeah that's how we like when we moved it we were like yes wait we don't <laughs> have to buy a microwave sweet and then now we're uh, here going there's a microwave what do we do with it I I have been tempted to just instead of going to like the laundry unit and paying for you know a couple dollars for uh, doing laundry here, trying to drive out to my new place which is on the other end of town. And I went. I'm going to use more gas getting that stuff over there. Yeah, like yeah, three bucks is worth it to just walk over to the laundry building. Yeah, it's fine for now. Uh, but yeah, it's. It's been an ordeal, and every time I, I think I've made like a big chunk of progress, I look at another part of the apartment and just go, mm-hmm. Yep. See, at least you're seeing that now. Ours was the day of moving, and I remember fault. opening a closet going, oh, crap. Yeah, no, I remember that moment. Yeah, sorry. Cause I, <laughs> no, because I had forgotten completely about that closet, too, and I was like, yep, we're all done here, and you just open it up, and I go, oh, no. Uh, but it's, it's fine. I've got a, I've got a move in date set, so it'll be, should be relatively easy once we get everything up and going. Yeah, uh, we'll be there to help. Yeah. It's been, <laughs> don't Chris, it's been an expensive last mm. couple of days. I bought, I bought my tickets yesterday for That's My Jam. Mm. Is that the name of it? Ooh, yeah. yeah. And then so. the, uh, postmodern jukebox. I mean, I wasn't going to say I bought those, but yes, I I bought those the day they came out. So there's going to be a Saturday this fall when there will be no episode because we're well, going to... Well, there'll be no, no live episode. Maybe we'll we'll record an extra one for... We'll see what happens. Maybe we do yeah. that like Sunday or I don't know. We're, we're going to go see Postmodern and it's going to be fun. Mm-hmm. I asked Casey after I got tickets, like, hey, real quick, do you want to go? I, while I'm buying tickets, he's like, I have no idea what my life is like. I have twin children. Yeah. Fair enough. Okay. I can't imagine having double at this point. Like, more power to Every, them. They have a lot of gum. Double mint gum. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, his life is a blur of bottles and poop. I asked him. I was actually texted him today. I was like, hey, so how's everything going? Uh, like, life just flashing before your eyes already? He's like, I've gotten used to sleep exhaustion. Yeah, you that's do. what I've told everyone is like you'll you'll get used to the no sleep. It it just one day you're like, huh, four hours is enough sleep. Okay, I did not realize that. It's really not, but then your body is just like whatever, just just go. <laughs> yeah, he's just like, I think he he was quoting someone. I, I I don't have my phone nearby to to have the exact wording for what he said, but some famous female CEO I think he said was saying like like you just lean in. And I was like, <laughs> oh. Uh, um, Cheryl Sandberg, I think. Sure, why not? Yeah. Andy Sandberg's mom is one of guessing. <laughs> right. She said Cheryl, and I was saying, thinking Tate. So <laughs> go on. <laughs> what year is it? What? Oh my God! What's that? Uh, uh, 
he said Cheryl. Now I'm thinking of uh, uh, the Manson murders. Yeah. Uh, uh, the, oh, it's the the new Tarantino movie. That's yeah. what's got me thinking of it. Yep. What? On, oh, the the tangents. <laughs> <laughs> it's guys. We haven't even gotten drunk yet. It's gonna be a fun. <clears throat> Corks just got popped. Things are things are gonna get interesting. But uh, nice. yeah. So you've How about been, you guys? What have you yeah, been up to? You've been moving. Uh, we're still unpacking. And I keep getting harassed by my family. I'm just going to put that out there for like, when are you going to let the, the, the baby try real food? And again, and because the first time was just, he was just kind of ambivalent. Like he, he ate ready. it and he was like, whatever. Yeah, we've decided today that he's not ready. Um, it's just, they don't <laughs> understand that they're like, he's seven months old. You should be. It's like, yeah, but he was. Uh, he was what, six weeks six early, weeks. so his corrected age is a little different. And right now, he doesn't care about the food. He wants to chew on the spoon that the food is coming to him. Yeah, in. he's like, oh, forget that he just like spits the food out. He's like, I just want to chew on the spoon. He's like, like, he just wants to crap. chew on everything because he's still teething really bad. So that's his priority right now. But um, between that and like, oh, to send me pictures of the of the nursery when you get it done, I'm like, yeah, <laughs> we've gotten half of the room done. Like, or I guess like three quarters of the room is done. And then the other part is like our bags and stuff that we don't know where to put just yet. Right. Tonight's so, his first night in there, not sleeping with us, and she's already like, "Can you go check on him? Make sure he's still breathing." And it's like, "You have a video feed. You're staring at him." But if he doesn't move, uh, <laughs> he's got a still picture put up in front of there. Meanwhile, <laughs> he's already escaped out of the out of the, the crib, window. and he's just sitting there with his like unfurled plans, like, "All right, <laughs> if I strike, if I strike here through Italy, I can work my way out." The oh, soft dear. underbelly of Europe. He hasn't quite realized that Winston Churchill was full of crap. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. Uh, other than that, like we haven't been up to too much. It's just been a... Every week during work has been like a blur. And it's just like... It's just like that, that step you have to take to get to the weekend when you can actually get things done. <laughs> yeah, work has sucked recently. I, we're training new people and... They don't quite realize that I have a podcast yet, and I don't feel like sharing that information right away. Because, like, oh, what do you have a podcast? It's about drinking. Oh, you're an alcoholic. Sure. Mm. Loosely. <laughs> yes. Depends on the topic. <laughs> um, but I have actually dug into, thanks to an ad on Facebook, like, so Facebook ads can work. When it realizes after we did the Irish whiskey episode that it's like, oh, hey, you're interested in Irish whiskey. And it started bombarding me with ads for A Story of Irish Whiskey. It's a podcast that's out there. And <laughs> to my annoyance, it is based on um, historic events because it's about the meetings of uh, some of the biggest families in Irish whiskey to try and save Irish whiskey when it was declining. I think it's mainly set in the 50s and 60s. Yeah, but it is it's chock full of reenactments and random mm. sounds and like they're trying to make it like bring the story to life. And I'm like, yeah, I don't know if you know. It's like I'm more of a fan of stuff you should know. Just tell me what happened. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like I don't I don't want a fake story behind it where they're like, well, we can't confirm that this happened, but we're going to say it did. And we're going to put on a 10 minute play pretending. That these <laughs> I didn't come here for an audio play. I came here for facts exactly but it is really good information and if you'd like some it's something we didn't really cover in our irish whiskey episode 
So it's something you could dig in, and it's really good information to do have in there, but it's a story of Irish whiskey, and you can find it anywhere you're finding good podcasts. And Song. they did not pay us for that endorsement. <laughs> Song of Aquavita. <laughs> Song of Aquavita. Oh, I thought of something I didn't mention last time. So Chris, I, I, maybe I think I didn't mention it. Um, Chris got me uh, the 23andMe uh, kit for Mother's Day. Mm. So, uh, and the so, results came back. She's a pineapple. I mean, yeah. But uh, <laughs> it came back with um, basically with the expected results. Um, You're white. <laughs> pretty much. Uh, <laughs> it, said, it just came back and it says honky. <laughs> <laughs> just came out and took it like, like very small text, but very long. Like, white. No, that was Ian's. Yeah, that was Ian's. <laughs> um, but yeah, so mine is seventy four percent United Kingdom and Ireland. Um, Welcome to the family. Yeah, nine. Per- the next one is uh, no. The next one under that is ten percent broadly Northwestern European. <laughs> Still, hello, my sister. Yeah, this one is. I, I was like, this is the weirdest name for the category, but it's um, as far west as Ireland and as far north as Norway, as far east as Finland. What up? And as far south as France. So it's basically the, the area around the Baltic. Mm-hmm. So, um, so yeah. Uh, I just thought that was neat. And I've taken... It, it's like a never-ending thing of uh, surveys. Like, mm-hmm. research stuff. So I just keep doing it. and Because and, I love answering <laughs> the questions. It's a rabbit hole. No, no. Hold ah! on. Big Voice today <laughs> is a brilliant, brilliant comedian at this point. Broadly, North, Northwestern European is my Dido tribute band. <laughs> Bravo, sir. No, that's, that. yeah, that's beautiful. I am never good at those jokes. <laughs> Mine, uh, mine's great, so I've had more and more family starting to take it, and it adjusts your, because as it gets more and more information based on your family, it can better, you know, tell you where you're from. And mine just keeps the more people who are doing it like, yeah, they're more African, more African, more African. And it just keeps like jacking those scores up. And I'm like, okay. And it keeps being able to like pinpoint where and when. See, yeah. I like that. I, I really want to, the next, my next step is to get um, my dad to do it. But again, those, those kids aren't cheap. No. <laughs> so um, yeah, it's, it's going to be a minute, but that's, that's my next goal is to get him to do it. Um, but yeah, it's, it's just really fascinating. And the medical stuff is really interesting. Like it talks about, um, I shared this with them, uh, the thing about the, um, the aversion to cilantro. Yes. I was like, accurate. <laughs> you looked at it and you went, you're right. It is a devil weed. <laughs> Basically. <laughs> but another medical news. Uh, so with all of our moving, uh, I actually messed my back up pretty bad and have been in excruciating pain for the last like month. Like, there, mm. there were mornings that I couldn't walk. Like, it, it, it's bad, whatever I did. So I decided, yeah, I need to go see a chiropractor. And that Cracked finally, your bones, you did. Yeah, yeah, in a very forceful way. So <laughs> it's kind of my first trip to a chiropractor. I, I come in, there's some nice mood music playing. I'm like, oh, just have a seat over there. And I'm like, cool, bending hurts excruciatingly much. So it'd been great if you just had, like, a board nailed to the wall and I can strap <laughs> myself to it. That'd be better. But uh, they finally get me back in the room and I'm waiting on the chiropractor to come in. 
and I, I just taking a look around the room and realizing he's he's kind of got a thing for uh, neon colors, cowboy hats, and seems to be tassels, and mm-hmm. and he's finally coming in. And I start to hear some low music. It's just kind of like coming from the other room, but I, I, I realize it's. I realized it's pomp and circumstance. Oh, starts coming through, and then, then the door flies open, and there he is with his big, big sunglasses, and he says, "Oh yeah, brother, gonna crack your bones." No, it wasn't wasn't the Macho Man Randy Savage, but my chiropractor has a pretty good elbow drop. I've gotta say, he gets in there with it. Did he? Yeah, you're just standing there. He's got his fingers in your nostril, <laughs> one foot on your underpants, and he's pushing your spine away with a broom. He's talking to me. He's like, oh, a podcast. That sounds neat. Breathe in. Now breathe out. <laughs> I'm like, oh. <laughs> then he stops, and, and he's like, is that okay? <laughs> it's like, you just shoved my spine <laughs> through my heart and out the other side. And then he, he tries it again, and you just go, uh. And then nothing happened. And so he took out a mallet and he just went, make the noise, make the noise. <laughs> no, but whenever it doesn't pop, he keep, like he resets and keeps going till it does. I probably need to go, though. He, like this. he, lives, he lives for the noise. Yeah. He does. It's, it's rough and it kind of feels all right, but not like it's not the relieving like, ah, it's more of, ugh. How much stress to kill are we going to do tonight? I don't know. I could do a lot of it. We could, <laughs> do we want to do the risk bit? Let's just play the whole Napoleon thing. thing. Yeah, no, I think we could. <laughs> so yeah, they yeah, came uh, by going, like, I've, got a different idea. I've got a different idea. Oh, it's the same idea. It's the same idea. <laughs> but yeah, the All chiropractor, right. uh, good, but kind of useless. He, he had, like, after laying there and how it works, and, like, going there three days a week and seeing how he does the same thing with every person. It's 30 minutes, and it's like he just has this... Routine down. You do ten minutes on the warm-up table, ten minutes in the room with him cracking your bones, and ten minutes on the cool-down table, and you leave. And I'm just like, ah, I'm not really going to keep paying him for this. Hmm. <laughs> it's like we we've started the healing process for me, and he even told me he's like, ah, nothing's really going to help you. Just it's going to be six to eight weeks, and then you'll be fine. <laughs> so I'm like, yeah, I don't need six to eight weeks of paying your ass. Yeah, yeah that. fair enough. Yeah, you know, you know uh, what I could use six to eight weeks of though. Movie Draft Minute. Welcome to your Movie Draft Minute presented by DiamondClub.tv for the week of June 3rd, 2019. I'm your host, Big Voice Jay, brought to you by Hedgehogs. Share the hedge, will ya? Let's go to the scoreboard. Team Drunkards Gaming is in last place with $21.9 million. Team Devon Squad is in fifth place thanks to $14 million from Dark Phoenix, giving them $108 million. Team Game Night is in fourth place with $171 million. Team Ritual Misery is in third place thanks to The Secret Life of Pets 2's $17 million debut, bringing their total to $319.7 million. Team Ever Drink is in second place with $765.3 million. And in first place, it's Team Movie Park. With one billion one hundred eighty-three point four million dollars. At your stream team movie draft minute, all totals are accurate as of June eighth, two thousand nineteen. I mean, this this draft is just done. <laughs> I mean, it's done in terms of the winner. First and second feel, place are settled. Like the rest of well, the- let's let's look at it this way. R- Ritual misery is four hundred million behind us. The next movie they have coming out, and they've got Secret Lights of Pets to to make them money for a while. But their next uh, next one out, 
Spider-Man Far From Home. Oh. So, if we have to lose, I'm okay with, with losing to Kent and Amos. I mean, we've already yeah. lost, but if they overtake I mean, us, I'm losing fine, second. Yeah. We've the, lost in that we're not first. <laughs> if you're not first, you're last. First, you're last. <sighs> <sighs> yeah, it's just, we've accepted this. We we uh, had the movies we wanted to do that we thought would do well, did not. And some of well, the other movies... So, one opening this week that we kind of called that was going to be a giant steamy turd was Dark Phoenix. It was like, no, that movie is going to do terrible. It's going to be terrible. And it is terrible. It's actually the lowest rated X-Men movie, period. Like full Lower star. than X-Men Origins? Yes. Yeah. How? There, there was a Nerdist video on it. It, um, it was like, uh, It's actually got the lowest rating even besides The Last Stand and uh, what was the other one? Oh, Apocalypse. X- Apocalypse and X-Men Origins where they sewed Deadpool's mouth shut. Yeah. Like, it actually I, has a lower Rotten Tomatoes score than those movies. So, here's my here's my thing with, with Dark Phoenix. They keep trying to adapt it. And they yeah. keep they keep shying away from going full crazy. And I say no. Full crazy. Bring in aliens. Yeah. Bring in cosmic stuff. Give us a giant crystal that does something i think i need i think it's the people working on it because i mean marvel went that way and turned out pretty well you know like i it's fox is still in charge of that or they was that Uh, that said i think this one is is more of a full dark phoenix story because the last time we got it was just like a side story like one of two plots that were going on in x-men last stand which is a giant mess of a yeah Uh, they so. did say uh, the the stuff we watched a Nerdist video on it, and I guess uh, Sophie Turner did a good job. Um, I've heard the opposite of that from other people. Oh, really? But okay. Yeah. So that's that's a subjective so, thing, though. So that's a, yeah, that's a, that's a, a toss up. But I, I the I, the the biggest criticism seemed to be uh, the writing and um, what was it? I, I guess just like the directing in general. Like it was just really like, mm. yeah, it's just bad. <laughs> Uh, I was going to say, like, uh, I haven't seen it, so I can't speak to it. But if it's like X-Men Apocalypse and you're just like, I wonder how hard Jennifer Lawrence is going to phone this one in. Apparently oh, that was a hard. thing. They yeah. go out of their way to be like, no, she, you can see her finally done with this series face. Like, she just is phoning the whole thing in. That, yeah, that seemed to be a consistent thing. Just like, and how long until in, the contract is finished? In, in fairness, if I had to take eight hours to put on that you know, the makeup yeah. every day. I'd be pretty salty about it too. Well, and she—that was like her last thing because she's done with acting. So, like, that was her last. Mm, she's not do. done, but she's take. She took like a. She took a break. Her contractual cause... obligations are finished. Mm. Yeah, so she's going to take some some time off. To which I'm like, that's fine. If I had that much money, I'd take some time off too. She mm. got that Frankie Muniz money. Yeah. He doesn't act because he's invested. And then someone tried to call him out on mm-hmm. Twitter, and he was like, I got $40 million in the bank. He's like, my kids' kids won't, don't have to worry about working. He's like, what does your sad ass do? Ugh. <laughs> that seems like a Frankie Muniz thing to say, though. All right, speaking of sad asses, let's go to Untapped. Hmm. <laughs> Get riggedy, riggedy, rats it, It's not a good one. Say, that's I was not just, a segue at all. I was just segueing this. <laughs> Well, it's time to say cheers to the 2019 Women's World Cup, which Chris says good. is uh, for sad asses. <laughs> no, we're actually doing, we were doing pretty good. 
Oh yeah, we're no, still we're no, still no, in no. there. Chris says that the entire women's World <laughs> Cup and women's sports in general is for anyway. The Women's World Cup is underway, and as we all know, nothing pairs better with all the action than a pint of your favorite brew. I agree. I I love nothing more than when like a World Cup is on than to go out and go to a bar and watch some games. Yeah. If I'm going to watch like, the World Cup, though, I've got to be drinking tenants. That's just kind of... I mean, that's that's a fine option. I, I am, I'm just one of those, like, look, it's on, and I just want a beer, and I just want to watch this game. Uh in celebration of the diversity of the Women's World Cup, here's a brand new World Pint Badge 2019 for you to unlock uh, throughout July 7th, 2019. You can unlock this badge by checking into at least two different beers from two of the participating countries listed below. Argentina, uh, Australia, Brazil, Cameroon, Canada, Chile, China, England, France, Germany, Italy, Jamaica, Japan. Oh, excuse me, Japan, the Republic of Korea, Netherlands, New Zealand, Nigeria, Norway, Scotland, South Africa, Spain, Sweden, Thailand, and USA. 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 Okay. But the cadence was all wrong. You had to. You should have done it in the uh, Yakko. Argentina, Australia, Brazil. I played that for the the They don't have the right lilt to get to the... Yeah. Some of these countries are so random, and I'm like... Everybody plays soccer. <laughs> like yes, yes, they do. I mean, I know that it's like it's the rest of the world, and then like we happen to stroll in, like we can do things. The, wor- the World's Cup is more of a world <laughs> series of games than perhaps the World <laughs> Series is, and then literally anything we do. It is also far more corrupt than any. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then here we come, like an infant with our fat baby legs <laughs> into the into the foray, going, "We can play too." Except except our women's team who come in and just go like, bam! Yeah, I kick you in the face. What you? It's like, what you got, China? Long I, bombs. I actually and anticip- like a no, and then like a you know ten billion strong army just stands up and they go, oh, that's that's quite good. That. Just, yeah, I I actually we were looking at it earlier and the um, the fire TV was highlighting uh, the the World Cup and uh, was it Fubo TV? Is another service that ha- I guess it focuses on sports and stuff. And I was like, this is the first time in my life where I'm like, I kind of want to get a trial for this sports thing to watch the Women's World Cup. Yeah. Damn it. And it'd give us the local Fox Sports channel so we could yeah, watch. Yeah, because it's on FS1. So we could watch FC Cincinnati. Yeah, that's true. So it's a win-win. Well, we won't have sports news, but you can check out beer news and other beverage news. Yeah. And have a drink news. Our this, other podcast. Yes, uh, this week we were... Talking about many interesting stories, including beverages from a galaxy far, far away, such as Anaheim, California, <laughs> and the, the saddest place on Earth, and uh, uh, De- some some not so happy stories about cows, like depressing animal cruelty at dairy farms. I'm still not really quite over that video, guys. It's and uh, Wally Gator still in some. Florida woman's wine. And alligators heaven. getting wrecked. That that helped. Flying alligators. Look, I'm telling you, that window six feet tall. <laughs> just the gator went. You could just picture it in slow motion, just wriggling mid air to keep itself it did, going. It a, didn't have to. It was on a. It was on one of those like hydrofoils, and it <laughs> launched off a ramp and went through that window. Either way, this should be animated. 
This is one of the many times now that I'm like, why can't any of us draw? There he was smiling like he was supposed to be there. <laughs> anyway, yeah, you guys can check that out on our news episode this week. So, uh, yeah, that was, that was a fun one. Fun one and depressing one at the same time. I don't know. Your emotions are going to be all over the place yeah, this mixed week. Mixed bag. It's a roller coaster. Uh, I think we have a delicious, tasty, smoky, peaty topic. Lagavulin neat. Clear alcohols are for rich women on diets. <laughs> it's still my favorite thing, but it ends with the, like, the liquids. <laughs> I think that was by accident, and I was like, you know, let's just do this. <laughs> yeah. Still not the best Seems- Ron Swanson quote or... Uh, scene from parks and rec i still like i mean the, there's too many well no the, the best it's the best one involving the uh, best one with dialogue involving log of Olin. yeah well, there's a lot of dialogue yeah. involving you have to categorize his quotes like i say there's the uh his favorite strip club because they're a breakfast bar and they show him, <laughs> yes. like, going going through the uh buffet and he's like flipping pancakes on and he's like just so happy putting the bacon on mm-hmm. his plate the or, you know, there's always the, the perennial favorite, I know what I'm about, son. <laughs> well, no, I want all the bacon and eggs that you have. Yeah. Sorry, I'm afraid what you thought you heard was, I want a lot of bacon and eggs. I said, give me all of the bacon and eggs that you have. Can you do this for me? Yes. Thank you. <laughs> he does the, the stay strong fist. <laughs> mm-hmm. Anyway. Let's talk about uh, let's talk about the Lagavulin Distillery since uh, we're not doing an episode on Ron Swanson. Which can we? Can we know. do one? Maybe. Maybe we'll get into <laughs> figureheads. And... That opens a whole new category. Because that of... is uh, he, Nick Offerman, is the official celebrity spokesperson for Lagavulin. We could do a whole episode on like celebrity ambassadors of um, alcohol brands. Well. Let's put that into the show, Doc, while we talk about our story. <laughs> Beginning on the island of Isle. I said that right, right? Isla. Isla. Isla is the southernmost island in the inner Hebrides. Hebrides. No, Hebrides. Like, got nothing there. Sorry. Hebrides. Hebrides. Uh, Hebrides of Scotland. Known as the Queen of the Hebrides. <laughs> Sorry, it just sounds like it's so close to heebie-jeebies. <laughs> uh, I'm sorry. I was busy saying heebie-jeebies. Uh, Isla. 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 Thank you. Isla is one of the five whiskey distilling localities in the uh, regions in Scotland whose identity is protected by law. Hmm. There are nine active distilleries, and the, uh, the industry is Scotland's second largest employer after agriculture. Uh, whiskies of the distillery along the southernmost co- uh, southern, southern eastern coast of the island, uh, Lafroig, Ardberg, and Lagavulin, I'm uh, just assuming Jen, uh, Jim is, like, just laughing right now. Uh, they have a smoky character derived from Pete, considered a central characteristic of the I- Isla. There you go. Isla Maltz. Every so often I'm going to pause and go, yes, yes. <laughs> yeah. Isla Maltz. Uh, and ascribed both uh, to the water from which the whiskey is made and to the peating levels in the barley. So if you're going to get smoky, might as well get it from both ends. That's what she said. <laughs> uh, we're bad people. Lagavulin, an anglicized spelling of the Gaelic Lagamulin. That's what I'm guessing at anyway. Yep. Uh, which Lagamulin. translates as hollow by the mill, is a much sought after single malt 
considered by many as a connoisseur's choice when it comes to I love whiskey. Uh, that coming uh, directly from uh, Diageo. Hmm. Well, yeah. That statement. <laughs> Marketing. Not wrong. I mean, it is, you know. Well, it's also a marketing thing. It's also why they price it so high because perceived value and yeah, all that. Anyway, it is said to be one of the oldest distilleries in the uh, on Isla, consisting of uh, originally 10 small illicit distilleries. That's okay how all good distilleries should start. <laughs> Just some good old boys. They were meaning no harm. Yeah. Founded on Isla's south coast and situated on six acres of land between Ardberg and Lafroig. Because, you know, they, they just looked around and went, well, I mean, if they're doing it. Look, and they're doing it. There's just, like, These distilleries are extremely close to each other. It's kind of frightening. Uh, legal distilling was started at Lagavulin in 1816 by John Johnston. The ruins of Dunivag? Dunivag. Dunivag. Dunivag Castle uh, jut out into the water beside the Lagavulin distillery. And while the castle speaks to a history that stretches back even further than the distillery, likely to the 12th century, Lagavulin Bay was perhaps already a center of whiskey production in the early 17th century, according to historian Dave Camp- David Campbell. It became wider public awareness in 1862 when Blender... John Logan Mackey brought his dis- uh, bought the distillery. His nephew, Peter J. Mackey, uh, made the first of many trips to Islay in 1878 to learn the secrets of distilling, eventually taking over production of Lagavulin. I want to point out, like, at that point, if you're looking at, like, at America, there were cowboys. Yes. So if you're trying to think about how far back that is, think cowboys <laughs> and go... Oh, God. So at the, uh, that timetable, um, am I mistaken in saying that this is when you had uh, over at uh, what is today Buffalo Trace, this is when you had E.H. Taylor, Colonel E.H. Taylor, is in there? He's probably working at that point. I don't know exactly what year. He is medical student James Crow, Edmund Taylor, the junior name. Uh, adopted and raised by his uncle E.H. E.H. Uh, e. was working before then. Okay. E.H. Taylor, I think, predates the Civil War. Yes. So he doesn't okay. come into his own seemed... until after the Civil War, but yeah. I think he was working somewhere distilling. I, I don't yeah. know if it was right at, yeah. So anyway, Sir Peter Mackey, as he became, was one of the preeminent figures of the late 19th century whiskey. Keep in mind, we're saying whiskey this whole episode with no E. Hmm. Subtle, but you can tell. <laughs> He created the White uh, White Horse Blend in 1890. I almost said White House. Yeah, and that would have the that that blend changes every four to eight years. Um, anyway, uh, co-founded the. I hate this distillery. <laughs> I don't hate them, but I hate them. I can't names. help you with this one, Craig Lachey. Craig Lachey. I don't know. I'm just, just guessing. put a lot of <laughs> a lot of ha. I wish that I wish that quote Scottish was on Google Translate, like legitimately. Uh, anyway, it was noted as a great innovator. In the same year, he changed the name of the firm who owned Log of uh, who owned Log of to Mackey and Company. It's to also be said uh, a lot of the reason we're having issues with these is a quarter of the population of Isla still speaks Scots Gaelic as their primary language. Isn't that crazy? What's well, like those crazy like twelve people who speak Welsh? Uh, <laughs> and you just look at them and go, 
You can't have a word with only vowels. <laughs> That's kind of what's going on on Isla. So in 1908, irritated by the loss of uh, loss of the agency of Lafroyig, Mackie built a replica distillery at Lagavulin, which he <laughs> called Malt Mill. So if you remember what Lagavulin came to mean, mm-hmm. the mm-hmm. anglicized uh, translation that is uh, hollow by the mill. So here we yes. have uh, Malt Mill. Huh. This is the precursor. That ran until 1962, and though it was set up to produce the same character as Lefroig, which is only two miles away, it never did. Neither did it make Lagavulin. And this is... <laughs> so I just like the idea. It's like, all right, we're going to get this. And he works on it for decades. Nope. Yeah. So the he came, he's like mad with Lefroig comes over. He's like, well, I'm going to start my own distillery with blackjack and hookers. It's... And he's just like, he, his whole goal is to carbon copy what Lefroig is doing. But the peak character is so different two miles away that he can't replicate Lefroig. Like he has the exact recipe and like he can to the T make it. But, but the simplest thing of Pete, because they're sharing water sources, and the peat is the only thing that's causing this this shift, which is uh, pretty great. Yeah, it's it's literally the very earth that they're on. <laughs> so when Peter Mackey uh, passed away, the name changed to Whitehorse Distillers Limited, which in 1927, and it became Lagavulin or. It and Lagavulin became part of the DCL, which was Distillers Company Limited. The distillery closed for World War II and then was subjected or subject to a destructive fire in 1951. Kind of the same time period that a lot of uh, bourbon distilleries and American whiskey distilleries underwent the same fate. Uh, <laughs> it seemed as if something was mad at whiskey during this time. Yeah. Peter's malt mill closed in 1962, a decade before Lagavulin's floor maltings were decommissioned and the distillery started buying uh, from Port Ellen Maltings. In 1988, Lagavulin's 16-year-old was selected as one of the six classic malts. Lagavulin switched from DCL to United Distillers in 1986 and finally to Diageo in 1997, who still owns this iconic brand. That's uh, that was one. I loosely knew that a bigger company owned them, and I just kind of forgot. It was in the back of my mind that it was Diageo. Because they do want to say a quick, yeah. Do want to say a quick hello to Del Noche in the chat? But uh, also, when I hear sixteen-year-old, I keep forgetting. That's right. This whiskey could drive here. (laughs) It could. This whiskey could drive. That is one way to look at it. Yes. So speaking of the whiskey, Lagavulin. Uh, isn't just a single malt scotch whiskey of exceptional quality. It's a global movement. Uh, Again, this from Diageo. Uh, One that began more than two centuries ago. Uh, 2016 was their bicentennial. Yeah, Uh, the company is over 200 years old, or the distillery. Uh, Miles and miles of peat bog in the west of the island uh, provide the raw material which imbues the barley with that distinct smoky flavor. But what is Pete needed for? I, I felt like we needed to include this because he, I don't even think we really talked about it in our Scotch episode, which is kind of strange. Well, 
But what is peat needed for in whiskey production, and how does the smoke flavor come into the whiskey? The old Scots used peat to heat the pot stills. However, this doesn't lead to the smoky flavor of the whiskey. Does the water which runs through the peat moors influence the smokiness of the whiskey? The answer is a clear no. Peaty water contains only a few parts per million of peat particles, which color the water brown but don't contribute to the smoke flavor. And peated water, like natural, just like water running through peat, is kind of disturbing to see because it looks polluted. <laughs> well, peat, uh, peat particles are uh, small, discrete particles that if you throw at something, it turns it into scotch. <laughs> right. That's uh, science. Mm-hmm. Sure, the water is crucial for the quality of the whiskey, but it doesn't influence smokiness. Uh, only drying the damp malt over a peat-heated fire brings the smoke into the barley grain. The level of smokiness of a whiskey is determined by the time the barley grain is exposed to the pungent peat smoke drying or during drying. Deep malt is usually dried for approximately 30 hours. Lefroig dries its malt over peat fire for about 18 of those 30 hours, uh, while Glengoyne uh, uses only unpeated fire. Thus, you get a broad variety ranging from extremely smoky whiskey to almost completely smokeless whiskey. Malt grains are peculiar in, uh, in that they lend a hint of smokiness to the whiskey, even without a peat fire. So it just felt like we needed to re- reintroduce that primer of exactly what, what the peat does and what, when we say peaty, you know, mm-hmm. how, that, right. how that character is getting in there. Yeah. It's literally dirt and dead grass. You know. That smells great. Yeah, and there was a great article I was reading that uh, they were talking about uh, the, the fear that the scotch industry, especially on Isla, is uh, very Running hazardous out for the environment. And while, yes, some of the peat fields that they have been harvesting for uh, decades are running out, uh, there are other sides of the island where uh, the, it's not like coal. So peat, you know. It's a renewable resource, Yes, it eventually. is very renewable, and it's actually renewing quicker than it's being used. Hmm. So while they're exhausting the fields that they've been harvesting for, you know, ever, there are just whole other parts of the island where it's just getting deeper and deeper, and there's more of it, more of it, and all they have to do is go harvest there, and it'll come back where they had been. Hmm. So they're fine. Just got to be careful. It's too deep, and you'll you'll awaken the bell rock. I was the trying to think monster. of. Uh, I was thinking of like some sort of Cthulhu thing, but I couldn't find a way to work Pete into Cthulhu. Yeah. All right. Well, Cthulhu. The barley used to distill the Lagavulin whiskey is malted at nearby Port Ellen and has a strong peat aroma. These days, water for the mash is carried by pipe, but the burn still runs past the distillery to provide cooling water in the distilling process. I'm just thinking of Port Ellen DeGeneres. That would be great. <laughs> yeah, I didn't say it was a bad thing. Yeah. I'm just picturing just <laughs> you come into Port and there's Ellen she DeGeneres just, just, dance, just dancing on the dock. Now, yeah. now let me break your mind. It's a Scottish Ellen. Oh, yeah. No. That would be got, so like, the, funny. You know, that old stereotypical golf hat thing. That's the only difference. Uh, they like that hat with a little fuzzy ball on the top. Just <laughs> the best. All right. Uh, the scale of operation is now much larger than in the earlier times. There are 10 washbacks, each holding 21,000 liters. There are four stills functioning at Lagavulin. Two of them are pear-shaped, reminiscent of the malt mill, and giving the peaty wort 
all the time and care in the world. Uh, the distillation process in, uh, is the slowest in Isla and has been a tradition at Lagavulin from its early days. The mash is distilled for five hours during the first distillation process and for more than nine hours in the second round. Uh, the characteristic roundness and soft, mellow edges of Lagavulin are often attributed to this unique slow distillation process. The long fermentation, long distillation, and long maturation of the spirit ensure that Lagavulin has all the time to develop all of its long, rich, peaty character. Um, Sorry, I was trying to do some, some math so we could figure out exactly how much their washbacks are, like how big they are. Oh. It's like 21,000 liters. Yeah. Think of it as uh, almost 3,000 two-liter bottles of pop. Wow. Okay, then. <laughs> a, a bit, you know. A bit. A bit. You know, ha- a, a, a th- no. Like a tenth of a landfill of... Wow, yeah. Because I don't know how much a landfill actually is, but I'm just assuming that, like, how many two liters bottles of, okay, lots, whole lots. <laughs> At that point, you're just like, lots. Um, let's see. Uh, the lye pipes on Lagavulin's stills rise at a very steep angle, which are unique to this distillery, helping to add depth to the spirit. Um, as, as more of the uh, heavier vapors are captured during the long second distillation. So, oh, um, naughty me, the vapors. Uh, the only significant change from its early days is that fermentation times have been reduced, introducing a cereal note to the new make. Uh, all spirit made at Lagavulin now leaves the distillery in tankers, as it has for a number of years, where it is filled into casks on the mainland where the majority of it now matures. Uh, on site, there are four bonded warehouses holding some 7,500 casks of maturing whiskey, Further casks are stored in warehouses at Port Ellen and at Cal-ila? Question mark. <laughs> uh, today, the distillery has to run 24 hours a day, seven days a week, in order to keep up with ever-growing global demand. Uh, the world has fallen in love with Lagavulin's complex mix of tastes that express Isla's tangy seashore, peaty moorlands, and rich, dark, indigenous fruits. In recent, <laughs> yeah. she, tang, she, she tangs. She, she sorry, I'm trying to make the XG sell seashore, but with tangs. Oh. <laughs> no, so so not a dark, thing to do when you're drinking scotch. Dark fruits. No, <laughs> native fruits. There are no native fruits of Scotland. Let, let's just go ahead and get that out there. That makes yeah. it all the more special. Um, uh, in recent years, the company has experimented with a controlled program of small batch releases, including some that are aged and former sherry casks. Uh, for the real peat heads, a small amount of higher strength 12-year-old is released on an annual basis. The Lagavulin 16-year-old is hailed as one of the finest whiskeys available, being the connoisseur's choice of Isla whiskeys, which it's, uh, with its rich, smoky, and elegant flavors. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Uh, so it's produced in the following proprietary bottlings. So um, you have the Lagavulin Distillery only, Pete had, um, the which is a 52.5% ABV, the 12-year-old uh, special cask release strength, or special release cask strength, sorry, uh, 56.8% ABV. That, that sounds more like what I want. This is uh, the 16-year-old, which we have, that's 43% ABV. 
Oh, it's a step. It's the standard expression, like the sixteen year. Yeah. Oh, I know. I'm just going like, yeah, I know, but. Bourbon has ruined me on a certain expectation. But, yeah, Coming back, so the age statements on these, um, that is the minimum year requirement because it is a blend. Blend, so that is... So the youngest barrels that were in this blend have to be at least 16 years. So mm-hmm. there yeah, are older, are... there are much older barrels oh, yeah, going into this, yeah. but the mm-hmm. minimum barrel age is 16. They are single barrel? Uh, single, uh, single malt. Single malt, not single barrel. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, the next one is Pedro Zimenez. This is the other one that you Zimenez? came across. This is the, uh, uh the cask finish, which is 43% ABV as well. Um, that's not the one that I came across. The one that I came across oh. at, um, the store next to the six, the standard 16 year was the distillers, um, like special edition distillers or whatever. Stiller's delight. May as well be. Yeah. Um, yes. uh, the, the next one is the Lagavulin. Face Isle, that's not right. Nope, uh, Fifty-one not to fifty-four point seven percent ABV, uh, and then you got other special bottlings, which include uh, Isla Jazz Festival, which is a thing, which would be awesome, uh, and the eleven-year-old manager's dram, which is fifty-seven point one percent ABV. So it's to be said, unlike other distilleries we've covered, they make one thing at Lagavulin. They make Lagavulin. What happens is you get different age statements. <laughs> and I, I was saying to Del Noche in the chat, like I don't know how how you can wait so long to get a thing. I'm just like, come on, it's ready now, right? I can get a sip, right? Just, oh, it's seriously, just a little tasty taste. I have zero patience. Some of it's ready now, and uh, okay. Guess... Just before, I want to clarify. So the one that um, was at the store where I got our bottle of um, the 16 year. It's called the Distillers Edition, and it's um, the uh, it was it's the double matured edition, distilled in two thousand two, bottled in two thousand eighteen, uh, and that was that is the one that was that is finished in sherry barrels. So mm. I, I want to try that very much. Sounds fine to me. Yes. But speaking of trying it very much, I believe we're going to stumble into a tasting. I love this aroma so much, I went ahead and created my own line of Lagavulin scented products. And they make the perfect gift this holiday season. Scented Lagavulin candles. What better way to spruce up that half-bathroom downstairs than the salty smells of the Scottish shores? A Lagavulin scented plug-in. Mmm, that's some good trash. Lagavulin air fresheners for your car. Now available in both 12 and 16 year vintages. A fresh Lagavulin spray to cover up the smell of whiskey. Sorry, that's confusing. I should explain. My dog's name is Whiskey. Lagavulin laundry detergent. Doesn't get the stains out, but it smells like heaven. And of course, Lagavulin bar soap. And for that smoky, peaty hair, Lagavulin shampoo. Despite my numerous pleas, phone calls, and letter-writing campaigns, these products are not yet available. So until they are, I suggest you go with the original. A bottle of Lagavulin. The perfect gift for the holidays. Lagavulin. The sweet smell of whiskey business. (laughs) Sorry, now I'm picturing Nick Offerman in a t-shirt and tidy whities and socks sliding into a room. (laughs) 
yeah. whiskey business. I, so for I, those... I can't tell you how much I want the soap and the candle to be real. So if you didn't know, uh, Nick Offerman has an entire YouTube channel that is nothing but videos he makes for Lagavulin because he is their celebrity ambassador that was all brought about just from his factual love of the scotch and his insistence that it be written into Parks and Rec. We want him to drink something. Ron, I was like, Nick, what What do you think Ron should drink? Lagavulin. What, what makes you think that? Because I'm going to be drinking Lagavulin. Because <laughs> I'm bringing it with me, and this is just going to happen. Which is what happened. He brought his own personal bottles from home. <clears throat> so yes, uh, uh. we are going to be now... Doing a nice little tasting. Uh, I think most of us have been throughout the episode. Of the, I'm going to do a little refresher. Of the 16-year, which is the standard expression, this is the most widely available and one of the most expensive versions it, it of Lagavulin, which is weird that their special release stuff is cheaper than the standard. Uh, I was sipping on, thanks to Jim, our Scotch aficionado amongst the group. Scotchinado. Uh, Scotchinado. Uh, he gave us a little bit of the eight year that they do, and that is the the eight year they only do every few years that they'll release that. Every year they release the twelve year, which is stronger than the sixteen year because it's uh, a cask strength. Oh, just digging, dig your nose into that heavenly fire. So it's been it's been open so long, I've gone nose blind. <laughs> You're just like I just smell smoke now. Um, all the time. I don't smell smoke. It's just well, that's why I've got I got used to it. A little palate refresher. Oh, oh, should I be doing that? I got you a water ready over there to do that with. Mm. Um, so just some notes. So I found this great site. Um, it's malts dot com because apparently Lagavulin doesn't actually have an official website. I think theirs is through like Diageo or, or something go. like that. It's weird. Um, but. Uh, this malts.com has has a great kind of tasting section on any any of the whiskeys that are on that site. And some tasting notes that they say is, uh, Lagavulin 16-year-old demands to be served in a traditional whiskey glass, uh, neat or with a little water. So we've got the... Uh, neat. Yes, we've got neat, I think. Because we're not us. heathens. Yeah, well. Well, uh, look, if you're wanting to add a drop or two of water to really... Yeah, that's acceptable. You know, but But not too much. Don't don't put ice in it. Like, what are you doing? By the way, if um, anyone is watching, you know, seeing me on stream and they're wondering why I'm like digging my face into my shirt oh. to try to smell, I'm trying to reset my nose. And so you go to a a natural a smell of yourself, and then then you can uh, try to get try to re-experience that initial smell. Yes. It doesn't work for me because I've got so much scotch on my lips and in my mustache that as soon as I do that and I pull my shirt away from my nose, I just smell smoke. Trimmed up my beard this week, thinking ahead. Yeah, nice. Made sure my mustache wasn't like dangling down. I wanted catch. mine to catch it. I want to be laying there in bed trying to sleep tonight and going, mm. Yep. Uh, also, so this is something I wish that we could have done. Um, just to find the correct one, but we were like, we already spent this much on the bottle, so whatever. Um, but so food pairings, it suggests on the site, uh, and this is a quote from the site. It says, uh, peated, earthy, and smoky single malt scotch whiskeys like Lagavulin have a natural affinity with the intensity of a salty or mature cheese. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it actually recommends like, uh, was it Rockfort and something else? Um, 
but yeah so basically like i heard of people doing tastings with this and then get, just getting like a full cheese tray essentially and... when's the dough no i'm sorry <laughs> um, venezuelan beaver cheese perhaps <laughs> Every time I think of cheese, I think of boxed rolls. They've got a little thing where they, they talk about a little infographic, I guess you could say. Yeah, yeah. the notes. I love that. Yeah, I thought it was interesting, yeah. The first yeah, one, no. it's like, region, a roaring bonfire from the coast of Isla. And it's like, no, this is true. Out. Yeah, that's accurate. <laughs> uh, appearance, a deep amber gold. Check. So the eight year, as we noticed, because that was the first thing I had, um, is almost clear. Which was staggering, but again, that's just like the half half aged of the sixteen. So let's see uh, how its nose is. It says it should be a intensely flavored peat smoke with iodine and seaweed and a rich, deep sweetness. I get the peat smoke. I can get the iodine. I don't really smell seaweed i get salty i don't get the seaweed no the first when before before the show started and we first got into them the first thing i smelled was chloroseptic so i guess the iodine kind of fits in with that yeah um and the other the other nice point is uh you don't have to get all up in it <laughs> nope. you can no. smell it from like an arm's length <laughs> yeah i had mine a foot away after i opened it up and i was like Still smell that smoke. So that was the first time I had uh, Lagavulin was in Scotland. And when we opened the bottle, people were coming in from another room asking if something was on fire. I mean. But uh, its body should be rich and full-bodied. And we talked earlier, uh, if you score your glass with the Lagavulin, normally you do that with beard. You can see lacing. This stuff clings to the edges so hard. And tightly. It looks like a crack. Like, if you on the perfectly clean glass, as soon as you pour it, if you give it a swirl, it leaves such a fine, distinct line, it looks like the glass has cracked. Yeah, you can't tell on, on camera very well, but it, it's really crazy. Let's do a little sip as we talk about its palate. Oh. oh. <laughs> it should be a dry, <laughs> dry peat smoke that fills the palate with a gentle but strong sweetness, followed by sea and salt with touches of wood. Uh, I'm not getting a lot of wood. Um, yeah. <laughs> Sorry. I'm uh, not. Well. <laughs> no, I, I don't. I like that's the opposite, actually. I'm not getting a lot of the woody, like, barrel character. I, 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 I am, I, actually. I am getting a sweetness, but it's not like a... a uh... <laughs> it's funny, Del Noche is in the chat, because I, every time I say cloying, I immediately associate it now from, like, our first... Uh, 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 oh, the like Oktoberfest thing, and I just go thing. cloying, and I go. And I never described anything like that before I met Kent. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but uh, but yeah, it's a, it's a very strong. Uh, it is a strong sweet, but it's a, a nice, like subtle sweet, almost. Yeah, I if that makes sense. I don't get much of the sweetness. I get incredibly dry. I guess that's where I could say yeah. the woody notes are coming in. It's like I just licked a plank of old barn wood. Like yes. that's the, that's the dryness on my tongue, but it's also accompanied with these fantastic smokes and this saltiness. Like the the salt flavor is on the back of the palate. Like after you swallow, like you just ate a big piece of saltwater taffy. Ooh, it's not that yeah. salt. Yeah. It's not that salt up front, intense on your tongue that kind of burns. It's just on the back of your tongue coming down, and is very so, nice. Mm-hmm. So 
Uh, I was writing down notes as we were doing our our initial. Uh, oh, r- real quick, the finish: a long, elegant, peat-filled finish with lots of salt and seaweed. Yes. Uh, so I was talking. Uh, we did a when we moved you guys in. Uh, uh, our friend Jim stopped by with uh, what was it he brought? Was it a scotch or a rye or I think it was a rye. Uh, so he brought, I can't even remember what he brought. He's always bringing us just the most delectable things. But it was a, it was a whiskey of some kind. Uh, but we were all remarking on how each sip we did, the, uh, the, the flavor would change. And so like, you know, you'd get a different thing on each, you know, each sip, you'd get a different hit on a different flavor. Uh, and so I was kind of writing down as I got this. The first sip was uh, like a lot more iodine for me. Hmm. Uh, a little bit more medicinal. Second, uh, second time, I started getting more sweetness. Like it was just just real sweet then. Third, started getting more spicy notes. Started getting like some cinnamon in there, then. And then, then fourth, just some alcohol hotness. Hmm. And then came back around to cinnamon. So it's it's been an interesting little just you know trying to trying to note it as I go through each little individual slip as as the temperature warms it up, as as things change with it as as it's been sitting out as it oxidizes. I was going to say as it oxidizes, and I was like that seems like that shouldn't be happening that fast, but it is sort of is. So it is like it's strange in this. I don't pick up a big alcohol heat. Even though this mm-hmm. is, I mean, it's forty three percent. Like, don't mm-hmm. don't kid yourselves. So again, this is a Lagavulin sixteen year Scotch. This is done from Lagavulin. Again, they don't do a clear spirit. They don't do anything other than Lagavulin. <laughs> like we talked about, Heaven Hill and Buffalo Trace. All these places doing gins and vodkas and other stuff and other brands of whiskeys. Lagavulin only does Lagavulin. It's like, well, it, it's kind of like that whole, uh, you know, like Canes and, and Chick-fil-A. Like, it's like they pick the one thing. And they do it. <laughs> they do it really well. They do it really damn well. So, uh, but they're owned by Diageo. I, apparently that's not screwing anything up. No. Uh, this is a single malt scotch whiskey, 43%, uh, aged in oak casks for at least 16 years. This much sought after single malt has the massive peat smoke that's typical of Southern Isla, but also offering a dryness that turns it into a truly interesting dram. Uh, so the malts.com score is a 3.5 out of 4. Because, duh. And this is not the, like, peatiest, smokiest scotch out there. This is higher in the ratings, but by far it is not the strongest of the well, islands. Yeah, what was that one that... Um... I think it was Ian and Aaron brought it or, or some, somebody brought it and it's like you opened it up as soon as you open the bottle like you could smell I mean it was stronger than this as far as the whole campfire thing goes oh, Jim Jim could do you in with some of the bottles he's got again I just can't remember the name of it but it was a very particular one and everybody was like whoa so in the chat it, it was great to have it brought up uh, that so monkey shoulder scotch that we well we did our scotch episode I think we did the tasting of monkey shoulder Oh, yeah. And loosely brought up. So Monkey Shoulder is the name for what becomes, or became, I don't think it happens much anymore, um, a deformity from people of the process of digging the peat 
is they get call you a, it, like a hunch. It gives you a one shoulder hunch, and they call they start calling it monkey shoulder. Uh, yeah, it was mentioning it as a uh, like if you're trying to if you want to see if there's a scotch that maybe you want to try to get like dip your toes in, it's a good cheap and it's somewhat accessible blended. Very highly rated for its it price is. point, that it, and it's mm-hmm. very available. I don't remember liking it, but. Uh, I like, I, there's a bottle right back there. If you wanna... Yeah, I, I keep a bottle usually at, at yeah. all times now. Just got to like a, so a little was monkey shoulder. Two years ago. Which sounds like a weird euphemism. A little monkey shoulder. <laughs> yeah. So it was like two years ago. It was one of those things that you could keep. So you could always, you can still get monkey shoulder readily. But it was in the same, they're in the same size bottle and shape as well. But the, That's... the, uh, uh. McKenna tenure. Yeah, the McKenna tenure. Oh. It was kind of the same because they're at the same price point and they're both highly rated, and it's like surprising for their availability for the flavor profile. And then the McKenna tenure secret is out, and uh, you're not finding that anymore. Yeah, but Monkey Shoulder is still everywhere. I think that you can find it in like gas stations, but it's mm. delicious. It was definitely. Um... It's like a twenty dollar bottle of scotch that you won't be sad you spent twenty dollars. It's on. not. It's not, and it's not an Isla, so it's like it's it's very not of the the bonfire variety. It's yeah. It's <laughs> not super in your face. It's it's it, like I said, like you know, starting ground. Yeah. Um, but go, so again, Brittany, your yeah. What are your thoughts? So um, I do. So he talked about uh, the whole licking a plank of barnwood. <laughs> And I was like, yeah, that's, that's, and well, the barnwood that would have to have been charred, I guess. Um, Looking at barnwood door after, uh, after the barn tried to burn down. Actually, no, let's, let's change this. It's like if you licked, uh, so like when you do, um, uh, the room for this, for smoking meat, mm-hmm. if you licked that wood. <laughs> okay. Um, but no, with the little salty what meat, what meat, I mean, come on. You got to paint this picture for me. What meat was last smoked in this hey, room? Make me a word. It has to be brisket. No, no, I'm not kidding. that at all. Well, I mean, you can't, you're not gonna put bacon in there because no, bacon's just, pretty like, no, but you can smoke pork. Yeah. Well, let's just say pork then. Anyway. Um, I'm you're also, not, you're not committing to this. No, because then I get, I just, my creativity goes away. Uh, because I'm drinking. So, um, the, uh, I, I get, um, I definitely get the saltiness that it talks about and I get the, uh, um, the, the slight wood character. Obviously the smoke is pretty prevalent. Like you're not gonna, I don't get any smoke at all. No, that's, that's not a real thing. Um, the, uh, just like with any whiskey for me, like any of these like kind of richer ones that are more complex, I get kind of a butterscotch vibe going on i can see that so to me it it almost is like which is just the best thing i'm picturing in my mind is like um slightly burnt butterscotch with like the little um uh flakes of sea salt you know mm-hmm. that's mm-hmm. what i'm pick- that's what i'm getting in the and and it, that i'm just happy okay i was gonna say <laughs> um, you're not saying anything that's bad to me right now no uh no this is and i I am so strange in that, like, the smoky stuff like this and the dark, ridiculous stuff, that's my jam. So, this is, uh, I've just been, like, sipping on it, enjoying it, and it's great. Oddly enough, though, even though, like, it may probably seem like it because I'm talking more, but, like, um, I don't feel, um... As drunk? Yeah, like, it, it hasn't hit me, you know? Like, um, 
Oh, it will. Well, okay, fair. But, uh, and, and maybe just because I, I think we ate, like, what, two hours ago? I don't know. <laughs> when when the baby wakes up crying at 3 a.m., you'll It'll, go, oh, yeah. God. I'll be like, why? <laughs> why did we do this? Um, but, yeah, no, I, like, I don't even feel, like, I'm just like, oh, I'm just sipping this drink. Like, nothing. Uh, but, no, I'm a, I'm a huge fan of this. This is fantastic. It's very complex. Like, mm-hmm. you get a variety of flavors, and it's pretty great. Um, I, I'm huge fan so all right well uh i talked a little bit during our tasting just kind of like my my general impressions like how how my, the flavors are changing as i'm i'm drinking sip by sip uh but this is it's pretty good sipping whiskey mm-hmm. um something that's going to be nice like to try to hang on to for a while to like slowly pour out little bits here and there not not going ham on it but i'm afraid it's not going to make it a while for us I fear that, but I've got moving. I can put it into a box and not see it for at least a couple of weeks. But it, uh, I, I'm, I don't know if I've had Lagavulin before. I may have, and I just don't recall. And I may have been too many drinks in or been handed it blindly with a few other things and forgot what I was drinking. Because mm. that happens a lot. Yeah. In our group. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Here, try this. Okay. Look, Jim and Casey right. <laughs> come around. They start shoving bottles in your face. And you're just like, this is delicious. And then names what, are thrown what at is you. This? And... Blah, 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 blah. I shouldn't have been drinking so much. <laughs> and then they're like, here, drink this now. And you're like, oh, what is this? Oh, this bottle cost how much? It took how many years to find one? Oh, I, I wish I could remember the name. <laughs> four, the four name's actually later, in Welsh, you're... and you're just like, I don't, what? Four hours later, you're wondering why someone's clock doesn't flush. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but I was kind of like a little bit afraid because I was like, man, I spent a lot of money on this. And if it's like, right, yeah, if it's this just, you know, complete, just, oh, it's smoke from beginning to end, I would have found that probably a little boring. Like yeah. some smoke flavor is fine and, and is good, but all smoke all the time. It's a bit much, yeah. Yeah, you want to you, you wanna balance that with a bunch of other stuff. And this is a really good job of getting some of those extra uh, other flavors. So you're, you're getting some sweet. You're getting, uh, you know, I'm getting, like I said, I'm getting like a, 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 a spicy, not a jalapeno, but like a, you know, other spices like kind of thing. Megan kind of, yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's it's real nice. It's It's got an earthy quality to it that... That is great that, you know, I don't get when I'm drinking like an Irish whiskey. Literally so, earth. <laughs> Literal <laughs> earth. This, yeah, this is actually, um, this reminds me of, uh, so that, that site that we got the tasting stuff from, um, had a, uh, had cocktails listed for some of these drinks as well. Granted. Why would I mix? I know, I know. I was going to say, granted, you don't want to actually mix, mix this with anything, but this drink feels like it would be perfect in winter. And especially like around the holidays and everything. And one of the drinks, I can't remember the name of it now, but it was this plus um, uh, apple and something else. And it was basically like just the best smoky hot toddy in the world. (laughs) Mm. So I was like, you know what? That's going to be fine. (laughs) Like a nice, cool autumn day. That's going to be fine. (laughs) Yeah. All right. Well, uh, my thoughts are... Okay, it's fantastic. It's absolutely a, a true delight. Did you did you truly appreciate it the first time you had it? Yes. Okay. 
Uh, it was overwhelming smoke because I was not, I, I was virginal into scotches. It wasn't the first scotch I had, but it was one of the first. So mm-hmm. when you have no idea what, you know, peat smoke is going to be like, and then someone pours you a log of wool in, it's just going to blow your tongue away. That's just what's yeah. going to happen. Uh, for my current mindset on a lot of alcohol, even when it comes to bourbons and scotches, I am a cheapskate. Uh, that's just a fact of the matter. I don't like spending a lot on bottles. So yeah. dropping 100 bucks on a bottle is really hard. But I knew how much I already loved Lagavulin. And it it wasn't as devastating to me to do it. But if you're just getting into scotches and whiskey, I do not recommend it. Flat out would not advise you like, to get a bottle, to purchase a bottle. If you're out somewhere and can try a yeah, couple ounces. Get a dram or something. Yeah, but yeah, more often than not, yeah. there's always going to be a twenty or thirty dollar bottle of whatever you're looking for that comes kind of close to to one of these. The Islas are a little rough because that's there's not really going to be a twenty thirty dollar bottle that's going to match a lot of the Islas. Yeah. Right, but you you can there there's probably some kind of cheaper alternative for for it to a degree, but yeah, that about does it for the episode, guys. Yeah, uh, moral of the story, we were, we're fans. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> yay, Scotch. Oh yeah, brother! <laughs> so, don't forget you can subscribe and get some great resources at haveadrinkshow.com. Uh, don't forget you can follow us at haveadrinkshow on social media and at twitch.tv. Uh, you can also ask a question, uh, tell us your favorite drink, or just leave some general feedback. You can use the email address feedback at haveadrinkshow.com, or you can use the feedback page on the website. Or, you know, send us a DM on Twitter or Facebook message, anything, really. We'll, we'll respond anywhere you send us a message to once we see it. Uh, scotch bottle smoke signals, you know, that might work. Just uh... <laughs> open up open up log of woolen bottles and watch the smoke billow out. <laughs> Yeah, all joking fun aside, we'd like to remind everyone to please drink responsibly. So you can check us out again next weekend for the next live episode. And remember to check out patreon.com slash haveadrinkshow. Once again, I'm Brittany Lee Walker. I'm Justin Frazier. And I'm Christopher Walker. We'll see you guys next time. Bye. Diamond Club hopes you have enjoyed this broker. <laughs>